We wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we are recording on in Perth, Western Australia. The Wadjuk people of the Noongar Nation. We wish to acknowledge their continuing culture. And pay our respects to the Elders past, present and emerging. In a world where the lives of everyday people are preordained by the script that must be followed, a ragtag team of scamps dare to speak their highly unqualified opinions publicly. They dare to go off script. Unscripted the film show. You're listening to Unscripted the film show. You can't handle the truth. Man, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Here's Johnny. You're going to need a bigger boat. I'll have what she's having. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Good afternoon, morning, evening, wherever you are listening to us. Welcome to Unscripted, the film show. I'm Cecilia and I'm joined in the studio live Radio Fremantle, uh, Lewis and Rachel. Howdy. Hello. Hello. Uh, Bringing you the Boxing Day releases this uh, show uh, because it is nearing Boxing Day and it's usually a big day for film releases. Um, next week it'll just be myself in the studio, so we're doing it this week. Um, yeah, sorry about that. I'm playing. Um, I'm playing Santa. Oh, that's well, sort of. I'm uh, uh, delivering. Um, so in the city of Quinana, we get on the backs of trucks and throw out lollies to the kids. Uh, so I'll be doing some of that. Oh, very nice. Yeah. I'll be drunk. <laughs> okay, then. Let's call a spade a spade. Uh, I um, Yeah, the, the company I work for it is a Christmas, Christmas tradition <laughs> that uh, we have a, a Christmas lunch uh, that starts at like uh, noon and then just keeps on going and sometimes goes into dinner. So. Ah. Uh, yes, and, and and lots of uh, lots of booze was uh, is to be invited. And I was like last year, I had a bit of a faux pas because I came in to the studio afterwards to do the the, the show, and so I left uh, at four o'clock. And they were like, "Dude, why are you leaving? I, I got to do a show." Yeah, and I was like, oh, "I'm gonna have to look at this in your performance review." <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a performance review, so it's fine. Oh, fair enough. That yeah. was your performance. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, a couple of big releases though. We've got um, some kids' films mixed in with some not so good films kids. for the kids. No, uh, I've got Lyle Lyle Crocodile, Puss in Boots, The Banshees of Inisherin. Uh, help me, Lewis, help me. The Lost King. Thank you. And there's one, no, I don't think any of us have seen this one that uh, opens on um, uh, Box Now as well. It's called Triangle of Sadness. D- I'm sorry. Triangle. Triangle. Sorry, I triangle. thought you said triangle, like marriage. Yeah, maybe I did. I don't know. It's a, you have got to speak. We'll listen I'm, back I'm, to I'm that just later. Developed a, a speech impediment. Apparently, <laughs> the triangle of sadness, um, and it is uh, apparently it's a Palme d'Or winner at the Cairns. Ah. Uh, the director is a, a gifted Swede called Ruben Ostland, and he made a film called Force Majeure in t- 2014. Oh. Uh, that's not ringing any bells to anyone? No. I feel like I've no. seen that film. Oh, no, I've seen the remake of that. There was a remake oh, of right. that film, Force Majeure, um, which I can't recall the, re- the name of, but I've seen the remake. The, uh, the uh, Triangle of Sadness uh, is set upon a, a luxury yacht with a bunch of airhead model influencers aboard and Woody Harrelson as their drunken captain. Oh. Naturally, they trash the ship. Some die and the rest end up on an island trying to stay alive. You know why that force rings a bell? Because it's the we all seen the film that it was the remake of. The, the re- I, I remember that film with was it Will Ferrell and they were at the Snowy Alps? Oh yeah 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 yeah. And do you remember that film? Yeah, and it was like uh, he was there with his family. <laughs> and, and we thought it was going to be really funny. And it it was not, yes. That's the film that is the remake of Force Majeure. Oh, right. So this dude, and the film was sad. Yeah. And so this film's probably going to be sad as well. No, this is funny. It is says it? it's a comedy. I don't know. <laughs> I thought that other film was going to be a comedy and it, it was not a comedy. <laughs> I need to find the name of that film. It, it was Will Ferrell, wasn't it? Yes, yep. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, the uh, apparently this uh, triangle of sadness is a savage satire of the era of social media. Um, so I, I think that sounds good. I look forward to going and seeing this. It sounds like a you know updated version of Gilligan's Island where people die. There you go. No, it sounds like an interesting. Um, I'm trying to find the name of this film, but for some reason I can't find it. I don't even know if it was um, Will Ferrell. That was in this film. I'm pretty sure it was. It was. I, I thought it was Will Farrell and um, oh, and it. it um, oh my goodness! I'm, we'll have to. We'll have to yeah, circle back. We'll, we'll circle back. To, we'll circle back. We're that. clearly getting caught up on this film. But, but we. So we've got uh, six films to review. So let's let's get stuck in. Let's. Let's do um, it. I think the first one I I, I want to speak uh, speak to. Actually, should we start off with the the most depressing one? Shall I? Do you, do you want me to start off with Banshees of Inisherin? Yes. Let's let's start off with Banshees of Inisherin because this. Um, yeah, we don't want to depress people as we go along in this, this piece. So we want to start out sad yes. and then. Okay. All right. I'll kick off with this for us. Then it's um. And excuse my pronunciation because I think I Inishirin? Inishirin. Inishirin. You sounded so confident before. I assumed that that was definitely it. If you say it in the Irish accent, Inishirin. Inishirin. The Banshees of Inishirin. This is from Irish writer-director Martin Madonahue, who's at... Previous films, of course, include uh, In Bruges and um, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. So this film reunites uh, In Bridges star Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson and it's set on this fictional island off Inishirin <laughs> in the 1920s. It's about 1923 at this point. You've got um, Colin Farrell who plays uh, Patrick, a simple villager who lives with his sister Siobhan, uh, played by Kerry Condon, and he enjoys these regular nights out at his local pub, as you do. Hard day work, you know, milking the cows and walking the cows up and down the road. I don't know where he's taking them to and from, but, you know, it's a hard day's work when you're a villager. But he enjoys regular nights out with his best mate, uh, Cole, played by Gleeson. But one evening, Patrick uh, makes his way down to the pub and Colm tells him he just doesn't want to sit with him anymore, doesn't want to be friends. So Patrick kind of wants to know what's up. He's like, you know, what's up, buddy? You know, why don't you want to hang out with me? And Colm replies, I just don't like you. I don't like you anymore. anymore. <sighs> That's as simple You're as dull, that. I think. <laughs> I've, I, yeah. He's dull, but he's always been dull. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Colm explains that he's got no time for Patrick's uh, aimless chatting and he just wants his Ooh. former BFF to leave him alone so that he can play his fiddle and live in peace and quiet. Uh, Padrick keeps bugging him, of course, to find out what he can do to fix things. You know, he wants his friend back. Uh, this bothers him even more and then Colm kind of says, well, if you keep bothering me, I'm going to cut off one of my fingers each time you speak to me. Uh, and both of these men are so stubborn and they kind of take this feud to kind of strange lengths. I don't want to spoil the film or go into territory. They're just It's just a very odd film. I think I, I think like the, the setting has a, a, a lot of a lot to do with um, the bleakness of it. Yeah, right? <laughs> what happens in the in the in the story? Like it wouldn't happen these days um, because like there's better things to do <laughs> with your time than sit just, in the pub. Than sit in the pub. Like <laughs> they literally, they you. you um, yeah, these guys, these guys are on an island off Ireland um, <laughs> and they can hear the conflict that is happening in Ireland between the Catholics and the Protestants. Right. And they're, you know, but they've got this you know, nice little sleepy island and uh, that that's their life. He's like literally do your job, whatever that is, go to the pub, have some drinks, stumble home, go to bed, wake up, do it all again. And it's like you can understand how people would get, uh, you know, just jack of it. And uh, uh, Cole wants to wants to just like you know dedicate himself to to making music and stuff like that, which makes his um, uh, ultimatum of leave me alone or I'll ch- chop my fingers off to be really stupid because he plays the fiddle. So yeah, it doesn't make any sense <laughs> at all. It, it really doesn't. And so the, I mean, okay, it's an interesting story. And it's got great rave reviews and everything like that. Um, but 
is it a good story? Is it a story that I would recommend people go and see? No. <laughs> really? Because I, I had to miss this one and I was really looking forward to seeing it because I loved In Bruges. I was really looking forward to seeing it. Oh, man. Here's the thing, right? Lewis and I seen this film and we both left feeling pretty dull about this film. I was pretty sad. This made me quite depressed. This, oh, this God. Story. But you got to let this digest with you a little bit because mm. think about it. The I think Madonna, who the, the director and writer here, has captured the 1920s beautifully. Oh, yeah. Oh, this, it was the 1920s. 1920s. Oh, I missed that bit. This is such an absurd film, but it almost is part tragedy, part comedy. And I think at its core, it obviously deals with, you know, themes of isolation, themes of loneliness, desperation and, and mortality as well. I think you have to let this digest, like you have to walk away with this and think about it for, for a bit because it's really bleak and dark, but it's actually quite... I think the subtext and, and underneath the surface of this film, there's so much to it. I think I actually liked this film after letting it sit with me. That's, you know, it's so interesting. I, I listened to your show from last week and you guys were talking about, you know, getting the top 10 together mm. and everything. And sometimes you watch a film and think it's fantastic and then months later you go, actually, it really wasn't that good. And then there's movies that you think, oh, that's terrible. And then you come back to it and you're like, oh, actually, I think it was really good. Yeah. I don't know. With this, this film, it's just if it wasn't for the finger-cutting side of things, I, uh, I'd be, I think it would be better. If it was just um, Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson and they're kind of like got verbal banter going between them, why don't you like me, uh, I just don't like you anymore, you're dull, and just like similar kind of things that they did in, in Bruges, mm. I would have enjoyed this film more. But I think it's just the um, – it's just – it just goes too far. Like just to, it goes. Man, I can't wait to get off air and and ask questions yeah. now. Yeah, just and uh, but I mean, it was an interesting film. It mm. was just not an enjoyable film. And so, yeah. like within Bruges, I go back every year and I rewatch that film, and I love that film. Well, it's a Christmas movie. Yeah, mm. just the, the way way it works. Yeah, just is really good. Whereas this one, I just I, I, I said I found it depressing, but I just found it. A bit, oh, I don't know. It, it was just a bit, yeah. It's it's very hard to say. I don't want to give too, too right. much away, but yeah. But um, the it's interesting though because you are dealing with Irish accents there. Um, you've got to be a, a person who can understand accents fairly well. And when uh, Colin Farrell's talking or Brendan Gleeson's talking, you can understand everything they say. Then you get Barry Keoghan, uh on screen, and they should have subtitled this. Oh guy. gosh. But oh, no. he was brilliant. I think he was such a – his performance was so underrated. I feel like he, his performances in anything he does is, is really brilliant, but, but I feel like he's always over. He was, he was great to watch. I'm mm. just saying, like, uh, you know, I understand accents and he was the only one where I was like getting everything Maybe you're not supposed to understand him. Maybe that's maybe, part of the movie. Or maybe that's the joke. Yeah. Um, maybe if you're that's... Irish, you're watching it and you're like – I don't get it. He's not saying anything. Yeah. <laughs> but there isn't any jokes. With um, uh, In Bruges, it was a black comedy. Yeah. Whereas this thing is just black. This is a tragic comedy. Yeah. There is no yeah. – I don't even know if you could call it comedy. Well, it, think, it's when you, if you look at Shakespearean, oh, okay. it, yeah. it definitely would fit tragic comedy. Well, yeah. I don't know. but uh, Didn't you do English lit? Yeah. Okay. So we've got someone smart, a smarty pants sitting over here. Yeah. So it, it definitely fits the tragic comedy realm of things, to, in, my, yeah. in my opinion. Well, but, I, said, you know. I said to Kat that I'd, uh, I'd be happy to watch it again. Uh, and she was like, oh, but I, I don't know. May, maybe I do need to watch it again. But uh, we'll, we'll, we will see. We will see. Um, but at the moment, um, I am going to give. Um, the Banshees of Inishirin, uh, Three Little Donkeys. Oh. I will never watch this again. <laughs> but, but thematically, I think there's some really interesting themes and I love the setting of it. I'm going to actually score this four. I was going to give it four donkeys, but <laughs> I'll give it four. Well, technically there is a oh, – there's not a Banshee in this really, technically. You can't really call her a Banshee. Four old 
Hags. Bald hags. <laughs> uh, we should probably take a break and let that one digest before we come and talk about something a bit more fun. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. Downhill is the name of the film. Downhill. That, uh, I was yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, with, with um, Will Ferrell and... Yep. Yes. Thank yeah, yeah, you. Yeah. And Julia... Uh, Dreyfus. Drew Dreyf- Louise Dreyfus. Yes. I yep. loved that film. Well, it was it's a remake of Force Majeure, which is obviously yeah. the, the director we were referring to before. I was like, that, hang on, that rings a bell. It's, it's, yeah. yeah. But I remember seeing that film thinking it was going to be a full-blown comedy and, and it wasn't. Mm. But well, there you go. So you guys were sort of saying let's get all the depressing stuff out of the way. But I have a small depressing thing to discuss uh, and that is a movie called Call Jane, which I thought was a TV series when I started watching it. I was like, oh. Hang no, this minute. is actually a movie. Um, is it a Boxing Day movie? No, it is on Prime. So we're going to have to be really quick at this because we've got uh, Puss in Boots. Oh, uh, we're, okay. We're doing Boxing Day stuff. Right. Yes. Uh, apologies. <sighs> All right. So um, it is about a bunch of women in 1968 uh, who work um, underground doing um, illegal abortions before Ooh. Roe versus Wade. Um, that, it's got Elizabeth Banks in it. It's got. Um, uh, Ripley, Sigourney Weaver. Thank you. Um, I've heard the I've heard the like the radio preview for that a lot. Right, it sounds really interesting. It is really interesting, and I think very uh, timely because obviously with the things going on in America, they need to be reminded um, about why um, these things are important um, and and. Uh, yeah, why they shouldn't take these these rights away. But anyway, so really interesting little film um, on Prime at the moment. Um, but yeah, I'll uh, I'll leave it there. <laughs> I didn't realise we had so much to talk about. We've we've got um, so uh, we've done Banshee's been in Sheeran. We've also got uh, the last the Lost King. Uh, we've got oh, Puss I can't in, wait to hear about that. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Um, uh, Although The Lost King might actually be better because I'm seeing the preview to this tomorrow and I'm doing a show by myself next week. Ooh, so it might yeah, actually maybe be hold on to that. nice for me to have something to review. You're going at 10.30am? Yeah. I'm a bit jelly. Just because I won't have anything to actually review next week. That's cool. You I can... don't. So maybe we'll keep that one and then we'll talk about the other things. We will leave that one until next week. Um, and so, yeah, so I will crack on. Uh, we'll do Puss in Boots. You didn't go see Puss in Boots, did you? No. Now, is this because you're trying to – I know you hate talking animals. No, no, no. <laughs> Just um, if I think I'm not going to enjoy it, I'm not going to go. Well, you should have gone because this is... But also it's a, a drive and, yeah, there's ma- many, many reasons. Um, same with Lyle Lyle. This uh, uh, Puss in Boots, uh, The Last Wish, it kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, um, you know, the whole uh, you know, Shrek, uh, Far, Far Away, that, that kind of thing. It's been, I guess, a hiatus for quite a while now. But DreamWorks has decided to, to bring it back and they've brought back uh, Puss in Boots. And... It's called The Last Wish because a, a wishing star falls out of the sky and lands on uh, Earth and um, Puss in Boots has got to go out and find that last wish because he is down to the last of his nine lives. Eesh. And the fact that he... And they show a, a montage of his various deaths <laughs> in the that film. That would have been funny. Um, but because he's down to his last life, he, he is basically realised why he didn't have any fear before because, you know, why would you fear death if you, you don't think you're going to die? And then when he's down to his last life, he gets severe uh, post-traumatic stress disorder and he's being, uh, he's being um, pursued by this wolf who kicked his ass. And so he's trying to find this uh, map to this wishing star. Uh, you've also got Goldilocks and the Three Bears. They're trying to find it as well for reasons. Uh, and you have got uh, not Little Jack Horner, but Big Jack Horner is also looking for it as well. Um, the the story is just is brilliant. Uh, the the star of the show is um, Harvey uh, Gulen. Who, if you watch uh, what they do in the shadows, uh, he plays the the human familiar in that. He plays Pero in this, who is a Chihuahua, 
and is a chihuahua who has just had the roughest life but is still so overly optimistic. Um, and you've also got uh, um, Selma Hayek is playing Kitty Softpaws. I think she was in the previous uh, Puss in Boots film as well. Wow. Um, uh, what? I don't know. that The name is really close to – my brain's dirty. Kitty Softpaws. Um, well, you've got Puss in Boots because you had her, her um, claws removed. So oh. she's got soft paws, yeah. Oh. Um, and, of course, Antonio Banderas as Puss in Boots. Mm. Um, it's great. This film is is absolutely fantastic. Like, just start to finish, um, great story, great acting, great characters. Um, I was just, yeah, I was, very, I was very impressed by it. And also it kind of, like, you know, leads you to going, oh, my God, I want more Shrek, and then... You know, maybe maybe you'll get some of that in this, or maybe they'll tease you. Who knows? You've got to go and see piss in bits. Um, but, <laughs> Sorry, uh, it sounded like you said piss. <laughs> <laughs> Don't uh, do that. <laughs> but yeah, this this is amazing. Uh, Pero, I've got to find a like plush of of him and bring him home so I can have three chihuahuas in the house. <laughs> uh, I think that'll be that'll be amazing. Uh, but yeah, it's just. Ah, oh, I'm so I'm so happy with this. I'm so happy that the the the, the Shrek world is coming back, and uh, I am going to give uh, Puss in Boots um, three. No, not three. What am I talking about? Uh, four and a half scraggly beards. Right, four and a half mm. scraggly beards. There you go. Right, that is two out of something film releases. <laughs> I haven't got a pen today, so I'm just trying to memorise everything. I'm not So um, that's good. Two two of the Boxing Day releases covered mm-hmm. thus far. Well, we've also did, we're actually we've got covered three. If you're gonna, if we throw in the uh, the, the triangle, uh, the triangle of sadness as well. The triangle that, of uh, sadness. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, um, I don't know. Did you want to go on to another um, one or well, so um, I was trying not to watch this, but I couldn't help myself. I watched the three episodes that had already been released. I think the new three episodes are out today of the Harry and Meghan um, docu-series on Netflix because I would, you could not pay me enough to be a royal um, person because I don't think that life is easy whatsoever. Um, I personally feel that Harry did the right thing by getting his family out of there. Um, So this is their chance to sort of tell their story. Lots of people are angry about it. Um, It's like get over it. Mm. It's it's their life. They can do what they want. So um, either shut up and watch it or shut up and don't watch it. Like it just really doesn't matter. Um, But it was really interesting to see them both talk candidly about what things were like leading up to their wedding. So, like I said, I haven't watched the last three episodes. They're not out yet. But, I mean, as a spectator, you know that Meghan Markle was getting a lot of um, horrible press and everything. But behind the scenes, she's also getting, like, death threats that she's not talking about and just a lot of harassment that was... um, racially based and even sort of the stuff that is you know was put in the media about straight out of Compton it's well well a she wasn't and b what's your problem with Compton Mm. like it so it was really interesting to see her talking about how inaccurate a lot of the the news things were and also to see her mum interviewed because she was getting um you know chased around and everything and then all these people who were in her you know, her friends and family all getting offered tons and tons of money for backstories or like dirty mm. little secrets. And yeah, so a really interesting watch, especially if you're into the crown and everything. Um, I started watching Irreverent today, which is an Australian TV series, again on Netflix. Um, it's about a Chicago mobster who goes to a, a little tiny town in far north Queensland, I think it's called Clump, and um, pretends to be a reverend to try and escape his um, sordid past. Ooh. So it's – I've only watched one episode, but it was pretty bloody, pretty bloody funny. Like it, it's got your typical like, I don't know, um, Muriel's Wedding type humour and there's – you know, there's a couple that – you know, 
some Australians, when you're talking to them at the end of the sentence, they say, but. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do so, they? Yeah, yeah. There's, I, I don't have any, I, I may have one or two people that I know that do that, but yeah, so it's it's a really great movie, but but what? But, it's well, a really good show, but what? But what? It's, you know, you've never heard that before? Like, I have never heard that before. I think if you were to, now that you're aware of it, listen and you might pick up on it more, but I, I hear it often. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm like, why Why are you saying but at the end of the sentence? Mm. So there's a couple of people who, who talk like that and it's it's quite funny. It's um, mm, They're taking the piss out of themselves, so it's classic Aussie humour. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's... that's um, kind of what what i've seen and and christmas chronicles you know um alan was talking about it last week mm-hmm. or well messaging about mm-hmm. it so we finally watched that as well because i'm like yeah kurt russell who wouldn't want him as a, a was santa it, was it good because we started watching you know it, then we what? like fell off the i just... think bryce really liked it and we didn't mind it to a point and then he broke out in song at <laughs> in prison and i was like well you've lost me now i'm gone <laughs> But talking about songs, Christmas songs, um, the song that is getting uh, played at our house nonstop is I Don't Know What Christmas Is. <laughs> <laughs> and to be honest, it's a friggin' good song. It's a great song. Which I knew when yeah. I watched the This Is The Guardians of the Galaxy thing. I think I just have to re-watch that and watch it with a different set of eyes because yeah. I think we were we didn't know what to expect and... Yeah, but the song I think is legit going to be like you know every Christmas you get the same kind of Christmas songs mm-hmm. that you listen to. It's going to be in the playlist. Oh yeah. And also last Christmas, I don't think I have been ruined because didn't you say that it has to be the original exactly. Wham yes. version? Yes. Which means I have not lost yet because the version that I was listening to was like somebody else singing it. There you go. You haven't lost yet. So I have not You're lost. still in the game. I'm still well, in the game, guys. <laughs> well, Kat, Kat and I were watching um, the Ted Lasso um, Christmas special. <gasps> There's no, 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 no. Oh. Don't get excited. Oh. It's the one from last year. Okay. Sorry. Um, just, there was two two specials though. There's the animated one where he loses his mustache. Have you seen that one? No. Yeah, that's that's one. That, but there's one new one for you. There's a, yeah, he loses his mustache and he's got to find it. And it's it's all, animated. Animated, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, then there's the one uh, where like they go out and him and the, the big boss lady, they give people presents mm. and they're walking down the street and there's a band there playing Last Christmas. And I was like, oh, it's a cover. It's a cover. I'm saying <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> so if you open that video that I sent you, you wouldn't have been ruined. Oh, excellent. It's good, mm. good to know. Good to know. But anyway, every time I go into the I shops, digress. I have like I deleted stress it. That I'm you deleted out. it. I deleted it and smashed my phone just to be on the safe side. <laughs> you're just like driving and it comes on in the car, so you're like, oh, all over the road. Like, <laughs> you like jump out of your car. Back on <laughs> Yeah, well, I've got to go Christmas shopping after this, and I've forgotten to bring my headphones because when, when I go to the shops, I often put my own headphones in. So, um, yeah, I'm in trouble, aren't I? Yeah, oh, I could just start going, la, 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 I can't hear you. <laughs> Wouldn't look crazy good, at all. Good to, anyway. have, good to have you back in the game. All righty. <laughs> well, on that note, let's take a small break and we'll be back after this. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. And we're back halfway through the show. We've covered a lot already. Still some stuff to go. That Did you notice rhymed. I wore like a Christmas decoration I, in my hair today? Oh. I noticed that. And I was actually trying. I, I went home after work and I was like, okay, i got to put on a Christmas shirt. And I've got two choices. And a few weeks back I wore the Marvel one. Yes. Um, and I wore my um, uh, my uh, <laughs> my uh, elf one to the the uh, Christmas party. Mm. Um, Will Farrell's yeah elf all over me, uh, <laughs> and that's also very uncomfortable. It's a, it's a, a polyester number. Why why would you sell a a polyester shirt in Australia? I, I don't know because there's you can't breathe in those things. No, it's very sweaty, very sweaty. But my uh, um, so sorry, I interrupted you. No, so <laughs> I, I but 
I thought I'll grab a T-shirt. The only two, only Christmas T-shirt I've got is that um, Merry Freaking Christmas, and it's a bit tight now, so it looks like a you know a muscle shirt. And I don't want to, I don't want to do that. That's a bit bit uh, over the top. So I've got to buy more Christmas T-shirts. Is, is the, the end of the? End I of the went story. looking for some this year, and I couldn't find the, any that I liked. Mm. So I was a bit disappointed. I'm gonna give my friend a shout out. So this was made by my friend Angela. She's got a business called Hairy Fairy Girls Accessories. <laughs> uh, she didn't pay me to say this because uh, she doesn't listen. So, <laughs> but she makes like hair accessories for for kids, oh, yeah. or and um, like mostly in you know school colours and stuff. Mm. But um, yeah, she's got Christmassy ones, and I'm like, damn it, I'm going to buy myself some Christmassy things. And why not? You know, people might look at me funny, but screw them. <laughs> hairy fairy, um, hairy fairy. What did I say? Oh my god, hairy fairy. Yep, <laughs> accessories. Oh my lord. Uh, yep. And good on Harry those, fairy girls accessories. Yeah, good on go. those those fairies for you know, not uh, you know uh, not um, you know, oh, no, it's having <laughs> not trying to live up to the standards set by society and uh, you know just not waxing, just letting it go and being all hairy and stuff. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it has more to do with the fact that they go in people's in hair. hair. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just <laughs> imagined all these. <laughs> Fairies flying around with like hairy legs and armpits with just like oh yeah, and the tufts. hair is really long, so when they fly, they can kind of feel it blowing. Mm. You know when, mm. when like it's too your hair is too long and you're walking and it you can feel like hair blowing your hairy. Not really, <laughs> no, I, I, no? I, I just because my hair's always been there, um, and so yeah, I, I I think when I'm in the water and you move your leg, then you can feel it. So oh. ooh, swishy. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> Um, That's right. We're back off track. Uh, let's get back on track. Okay. Lyle. Lyle, Lyle Crocodile. I, I thought this one definitely is a – well, actually, he's not a talking animal. He is a singing reptile. So that's very different. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, but so, isn't. What's that? But isn't really. Yeah. Uh, so Lyle Lyle Crocodile uh, was uh, exactly what I needed on Saturday after seeing Banshees of Inishirin. Yeah, uh, at least you went and saw a fun movie. I just went home and cried. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but again, like I was, I was uh, really knew absolutely nothing about this film. It's based on a, a children's book. Has um, Bryce had read Lyle Lyle Crocodile? No, I I had never heard of it. Okay, so yeah, so it's uh, based on a, a children's book about a crocodile, crocodile that lives in New York City. So uh, the the film stars uh, Javier uh, Bardem uh, as Hector P. Valentini, and Hector is this uh, you know showman. He's kind of, mm-hmm. kind of a little bit old school. He like sings, he dances, he does magic. Um, He's trying to, uh, you know, make it big by getting on one of these, like, you know, America's Got Talent kind of shows. Um, but he's going in there with just, like, you know, his, his magic-y kind of stuff and it's not working for him. And somebody says, like, you've got to try it, find something better, something bigger, give us, give us something. And he goes to a, um, a, a pet shop and he finds a crocodile, but not just any crocodile, a singing crocodile. So it's never, uh, you're not, not quite sure whether he buys a crocodile or steals a crocodile, uh, but he ends up with Lyle and goes back to his, like, you know, brownstone, really you know, ni- nice house. He lives in New York. And him and Lyle start to you know, rehearse and put together a show. And then they're going to take this show and they're going to, you know, make bundles of money because, hell, he's a seeing crocodile. <laughs> you don't see that every day. Um, but uh, Lyle has a little problem. Uh, he has performance anxiety and he cannot sing in front Aww. of people. Aww. And and so uh, Hector, you know, finds himself with uh, no other options but to go out uh, on the road and try to make as much money as he can uh, to you know, pay off his debts and, uh, you know, hopefully um, Lyle can get over his uh, performance anxiety and, and then they can, you know, set the world on fire. Um, so they, they move out. Uh, his house seems to get sold uh, out from under him to uh, the local school and a family moves in there and uh, the, there's a young lad, Josh, um, there's a, uh, his uh, stepmother, uh, Con- uh, Miss Pim, uh, Prim, and his dad, 
uh, Mr. Prim, and they move, move in and Lyle is living in the attic of this house. And they don't know that there's a singing crocodile living in the attic of this house. So they each uh, discover Lyle uh, through through the course of the film and they you know all, all fall in love with him. It's a, a really good story. It's got some amazing singing in it. Um, it, it is pretty much a musical because Lyle isn't a talking crocodile, he's a singing crocodile. Does, um, does that mean he doesn't, ju- he sings like, I'm going to the toilet no, now? No, oh, okay. he, he's, it's all like, you know, songs. I, th- I don't know, I, I, I didn't, I wasn't familiar with any songs, so I, I don't know if they were like covers of songs or, and I know that some of the, the songs seem to be written for the show, so I think maybe they all were. Um, but it was it was good. Uh, Sean Mendes, who, who's he? Does anyone know who he is? Uh, he is, oh my gosh, we're so old. He is a current singer who sings currently. He's a current singer who sings currently. <laughs> Nice, I like it. Uh, um, I think I think he sings a song. He um, is a singer of the present time. <laughs> um, yeah. Before now, he wasn't singing, but now he is. Um, I picture everybody <laughs> naked. I think that's his song. Oh yeah, I think that is because he's got that signature. I only know that because of Sing Too. Ah, but no, he does. He sounds similar to. Sorry, <laughs> I think it's that. But uh, he, he's great. Um, Javi Bardem, uh, Bardem is great. Uh, Winslow Feggy, who plays um, Josh, is is really good. Like weird looking kid, but works quite well in the in the in the movie. Um, Brett uh, Brett Glempman plays Mister Grumps, who's a guy who lives downstairs, um, obsessed with his cat, and, and the cat just does not care for him whatsoever. <laughs> it's one of the best characters in the film. Is this, is this cat? It's just like I want to do my own thing, and he just gets out there and hangs out with Lyle and Josh and they go exploring New York City and uh, stuff. It's it's just a really good, fun romp. Um, and I, I just, you know, if you've got kids, and I think kids seem to react well to musicals. Yeah. Um, they When we went and saw um, uh, Frozen, the musical, earlier in the year, they the kids in the audience, when it was the singing parts, they were enthralled and they were just like quiet and watching it. When there was talky parts, they kind of got a bit restless. Mm. And I found the same thing with, with La La Crocodile. So it's an interesting thing to find out that uh, kids are into, into musical theatre, so which is quite nice. Yeah. But uh, I am going to give uh, Lyle Lyle Crocodile... Um, for uh, for for what should I give it? Um, uh, four eaten cats. There you go. Oh, oh, <laughs> But does he get eaten? Well, don't you have to wait? You have to go and see the film and find out if he gets eaten or not. Nah, I'm yeah. good. I'll just ask you. <laughs> <laughs> I won't tell you. Oh, well, that's just horrible. <laughs> Until you see the film, I'll sit you down and like you do that whole um, uh, thing with the eyes and open the eyes up and you'll have to watch the film until you find out whether the cat gets eaten. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, that feels illegal. Yeah, probably right. Probably right. Um, yeah, so Lyle Lyle Crocodile out on Boxing Day. There you go. Another fun one for the kids, Puss in Boots and Lyle Lyle Crocodile. Do a double feature. Double feature. Yeah. Why not? That'll keep the kids entertained. I'm sure it will. I do have time off and I do have a Hoyts card. And you do have a son. What's a Hoyts card? Like, you know, a gift card for Hoyts. Oh, right, okay. So I I might have to go all the way to Carousel. I think that's our closest one. But darn, it's a really good place to see things. So (laughs) I, I mean, no advertising, no one's paying us, but those are some comfy chairs. They, there are. They, 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 you walk in there and uh, the, the Spanish Inquisition's there, just going, the comfy chairs, and uh, it's great. Yeah. This is where we saw Violent Night, and it was. I, have you seen that yet? I've not seen Violent oh Night. Oh my yet. God. Have you seen it yet? No. I'm just banging on about this movie like I nobody's business. Business? Business. Yes. Um, I would love to see this. I wanted to see this film, but um, something come up and I couldn't quite make the screening, which was a bit of a shame, but um, there you go. But there you go. If you want to see something different, you can see Violent Night if you're not interested in seeing a kid's film. True. Maybe you want to see Santa kick butt, kick Big. some bad guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. You've got to see that before um, uh, you know, Christmas because otherwise you know, that's, uh, it'd be wrong. Yeah, and yeah. there's lots of things to see before Christmas. There so. certainly is. We have one last sponsor, which we'll play now, and we'll be back after this. 
you know that Fremantle has its very own art house cinema? You'll find Luna on Essex, midway along Essex Street in the heart of Fremantle, screening an incredible variety of niche, foreign language and quality mainstream films in comfortable and intimate surrounds. It feels more like your own home movie theatre rather than a cinema. Catch up with friends for a pre-show drink in the fully licensed Alfresco area or enjoy a glass of wine and a cheese platter during the movie. Check out what's on along with details of forthcoming films, festivals and added value events at lunapalace.com.au. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. Gee, and that's a smooth voice. We're back. Sorry. We're back for some more. Um, another film that is out on Boxing Day is The Lost King, which I'll speak about next week in more detail. But, Lewis, you've seen this film as well. So yes. let us know your thoughts and then I'll obviously chat next week about it and then we'll yeah, have a bit more of a picture as to what this film a picture about the picture. Yeah. Picture uh, well, of the picture. Uh, I, I love this film. I thought it was, was really great. Sally Hawkins uh, playing Philippa Langley uh, is brilliant. Um, it, it's a really interesting story because did you hear uh, about when they discovered the bones of Richard III in a car park? Yeah. So I was super excited about this film yeah. because it featured in the British Film Festival because I knew the story. I didn't realise who was kind of responsible so, but that was what this movie is about. Mm. And I, I thought, like, I heard the story, like, they found the bones of King Richard in a car park. And I thought, oh, they must have been, like, digging up a car park and going, oh, my God, bones. Oh, my God, it's Richard III. Who knew? That's what I thought too. Yeah. But uh, it wasn't. It was like, uh, you know, this is the whole story of how it came about and how somebody just got, you kind of, like, uh, you know, found an interest mm. and got really obsessive about it. <laughs> Um, but was right, um, which is nice because sometimes, you know, she, she was kind of um, a conspiracy nut for Richard III, but in this case the conspiracy happened to be correct and mm. she, she managed to find the bones of, uh, of the lost king. Um, and uh, it's just a fantastic film. It's also got Steve Coogan in and... Uh, the relationship between uh, Steve Coogan's character and Sally Hawkins' character is really unique in any film because they play ex-husband and wife. Mm. Um, but they're, like, working together to, to bring up their kids even though they're separated living in two different houses. Um, so there, there's some really interesting elements to this film. Um, it's beautifully shot. You see some great parts of England, uh, you know, great parts of Scotland as well. Well, mostly Scotland, actually, to be honest with you. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just really good. Uh, so I am going to uh, give uh, The Lost King um, four and a half. Well, it's Scotland, so uh, deep-fried Mars bars. <laughs> I was going to say scotch. <laughs> But yeah, no, it's a great film. It's and I, I look forward to you know, hearing your your thoughts once you've had a chance to, to check it out. Yeah, and then we can obviously delve into it a little bit more. Uh, yes, um, after sorry, I got completely distracted. Sorry, um, and we can delve into it a little bit more when we have the show after. Yeah, I'm the, I'm hoping to try and see that. Maybe have a, a date night with the husbando. Um, that would be nice. Mm -hmm. So. Last um, last time I was here, I was jokingly saying, oh, you know, I should probably watch that Lindsay Lohan um, Christmas film that's on Netflix. Mm -hmm. It's called Falling For You. Um, and so I watched it because I know that Cecilia talks about the fact that her and her girlfriends get together around Christmas and watch some bad Christmas rom-coms. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what, I need to see what this – is about because there's so many of these like hallmarky type films that come out at this time and you know what it was kind of bad but good <laughs> just because you know it's like bad junk food that you just like ah it's just comfort food and you have to like remove logic completely because um it it's about a hotel heiress so think you know Paris Hilton mm. She falls off a cliff accidentally while snowboarding with her fiancé and she bumps her head, as you would, and gets amnesia. Um, and then she goes to – she gets picked up by this dude who's um, got his own little, like, B&B &B in the area. He takes her to hospital and um, the doctors 
um, are like, well, he brought you here, so he must know you, so go home with him, which <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> not a good idea. So there's the first plot issue that could've, I have. You could have asked the guy, <laughs> do you know her? No, 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 I just picked her up on the beach and brought her here. Well, he did He did explain that, yeah. that, look, you know, I don't know who she is, but, He's you know. He's too. <laughs> maybe if I bring her back to where she fell, she might remember. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't make sense at all why you would do well, that. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to send this um, vulnerable woman home alone with this dude. Yep, totally fine with that. The other thing is she's a hotel heiress and he doesn't know who she is, even though his B&B is, like, really close to one of their massive hotels. Another logic flaw. I'm sure he knows who she is. I mean, he doesn't, apparently. Um, I don't know. I still liked it, <laughs> even though That's it the was... problem with these films. I know. They make no sense whatsoever, but they just managed to pull you in. And you know what? It was just nice to see Lindsay Lohan, mm. like... You know, and and they did a couple of callbacks to Mean Girls. Like she's dry, she's in the car with her fiance, and they play the jingle bell jingle, and she's singing along. And she's like, oh, "I love this song." <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, nice callback. Um, and you know, want to know what? Um, I, I know we're we're wrapping up shortly, but you know what? My good deed for the for the week has been. Do tell. Saving two huskies. Oh, yeah. So. We wanted to go out and have a look at Christmas lights, mm. so we took Bryce out and, like, we literally didn't even leave our estate because um, we turned out a corner and these two huskies were, like, running over the road and so we had to stop the car and, like, try and figure out where they came from. We did eventually mm. figure out where they came from and took them home. But anyway, so that was my good deed for the week. But um, Christmas lights, they're good. Because it's the only time I'm, I'm, we're not going to be here next week, Lewis and I, so we have to talk about Christmassy things and that talk was a Christmassy, Christmassy thing. Oh, oh, I've got another one. Um, <laughs> so, so, pick um, me, pick me. <laughs> uh, full disclosure, I'm, I'm off my meds and I have ADHD. So, so you know, you're going to get no nothing good out of me, but all sorts of good. Um, home Alone. Uh, we have decorated our office with Home Alone Christmas. That's our, our Christmas theme in our little department. And I am i don't know who at work is listening, but um, I did most of it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really just want to see the paint tins that are going to swing down and smack you in the face. Well, you know what? I, don't, I wasn't there today, mm. so I don't know if they've added real paint tins, but I did print some paint tins on it and attach them to some cardboard to oh, hang cool. and I, I made little stairs with little like red carpet. Anyway, I'm very proud of my work. Before we go, there is one tiny little film that we haven't mentioned yet that got released this week. Oh. So small that it's, we just we wouldn't we were gonna almost forget about it. it Entirely it, it, forget about this yeah. film. Um, little film called Avatar The Way of Water. You might know it. Oh. It's a sequel to the highest grossing film of all time. Right. <laughs> Blue Cats. Yes. Blue yeah. Cat People. So it's um, – I, I haven't seen it because uh, uh, I do I do want to see it. Uh, it's just one of those things where I just didn't get around to getting tickets. I don't want to see yeah. it. <laughs> but um, – I haven't got audience scores for it yet, but Rotten Tomatoes uh, has got an 82% on the tomato meter. Uh, and the critic consensus is, narratively, it might be fairly standard stuff, but visually speaking, Avatar The Way of Water is stunningly immersive experience. Um, it's going to be very interesting because it's actually released in 3D and 2D. What is it with him and 3D? Seriously. Well, that's why it made so much money the first time. I know. It's it, three hours and 12 minutes yeah. long. And he, uh, because uh, <laughs> we didn't have 3D, like at the time, at the time this was the, the first 3D film back and uh, people were just so taken by the technology they kept going back and back and back and back and back. And it was in cinemas for months and months and months. But now we've lived through 3D and 3D has died like, I'm interested to see what the effect is on the sequel to the highest grossing film of all time. I've just done a Google, sh- Google search Google search, <laughs> a Google search for the film because I wanted to check the film length and I love how someone's asked. People ask, why is Avatar 2 so long? <laughs> <laughs> I am one of those I'm people. I'm one of those people. <laughs> well, I'm listening to um, 
Smartless at the moment where they're interviewing Sigourney Weaver. And she filmed this like three or four years ago and he's just been editing this thing down mm. since then and adding in all the effects and everything like that. So the original film must have been like hours, hours and hours long. and hours long and he's kind of like trying to condense his story down. Well, did they film... Was there talk that they filmed Avatar three as well at the same time? They, they've said that, yeah, oh, which knows? is which is really interesting if they did because mm. like if this thing bombs, then what are they going to do? With, are oh, they going to yeah. wipe that one off? Yeah, but, but yeah, did, did um, Jake Scu- Sully, the 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 main dude, did he have a family with Zoe Saldana's character? Is that the story? Because I need that science explained to me. Do you know that I've not even ever seen Avatar one? <laughs> does that blow your mind? You have no It does not surprise me at all. That it I have does not never surprise me at all. Seen Avatar, nor do I even have the slightest interest in seeing this film. As a film reviewer, that probably sickens a lot of people. <laughs> but I'm sorry, I just have no interest in seeing the film. Look, Which, that, that's okay. <laughs> I'm not going to hold it against you. No, no, it's it's. But that's one of the things is like, uh, yeah, there's people who saw the original one, but they're not really chomping at the bit to see this one. No, they're, they're, they'll probably see it just to, to see what it's like. But yeah, there's a lot of people who just can't be asked, like Cecilia. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask me to watch a three-hour movie. Yeah. Um, speaking of ridiculously long movies, today my son got something and I said, oh, I want it. Um, and he goes, my precious. And I'm like, you don't even know what that's from. And he's like, no. <laughs> so um, Lord of the Rings, by the way, if you're not that sure. Sorry, um, But, yeah, so these things just exist uh, on their own. You've never seen Avatar, yet you probably have absorbed enough through osmosis that it doesn't really matter. No, I see, so I know it's, it's about okay. blue cat people. <laughs> yeah. So I know that. Yeah, yeah. And they plug their tails into things. Is it oh, my God. Gosh, I must have forgotten that bit. I've only seen it once and um, I think I really enjoyed it at the time. It's like you, we were saying, oh, well, you guys were saying last week, I really enjoyed it at the time but the more I thought about it, the more I was like, it's actually crap. Mm. <laughs> um, well, the, the whole, yeah. whole story is about humanity. Like, you know, we screwed up Earth so now we're mm-hmm. going to other planets to get unobtainium, I think it's yeah. called. But if you obtain it, does it become a obtainium? Uh, I know. <laughs> I'm like, it doesn't make any sense. Anyway, we probably should go. Um, I I gave um, Cecilia the uh, the – I gave a request, but you I did. don't know if you have to play a little tiny <clears> bit of it <throat> off off air – as in, like, without the on cue instead, so that we don't accidentally have an ad playing. All good. I've um, already prepped. Oh, so she's already. Look at go. how prepared she we're is. Prepped to go. So, if you're listening live to Radio Fremantle, we're about to play um, a, a little song, a little ditty called "I Don't Know What Christmas Is." <laughs> nice. Because it's our last opportunity to play a Christmas song, and. Honestly, if it, it this song needs to be in your rotation, it just does. Um, so, Cecilia, Cecilia will be here next week. Mm. Lewis will be drunk. Yes, I will be throwing candy to a bunch of people. Um, so be kind with Cecilia because it's <laughs> hard to do an episode by yourself. Um, you feel like. Talking it's hard to talking, yourself. But that's okay. I'm actually going to do something a little just, bit different. Just play we are going to have some music, unfortunately. I will do a review. Oh, look. King. No one's got to hold um, it against you. But Lewis and I have done that too. We're like, ah, Barley's. Yeah. We'll just, there you we know, go. do you know where Barley's came from? No. At Parley. You oh, know, the, right. the word for, which I only know because of. Pirates of the Caribbean. There you go. Well, I will catch you all next week. These guys will catch you the week after for our top ten, bottom five. Woohoo! Get them ready, guys. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye. Um, this podcast has been brought to you by the gentlemen of pop culture.